Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of Talk with TT, and I'm really pleased we have another deacon with us uh, whose name is Robin Harbord. Robin, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's really good to have you. And um, you've been part of the church how long? Well, I uh, I joined, I must have joined the church. Well, I, actually, I became a member on my daughter Rebecca's um, dedication when really? she was about one. So that would be um, 20 years ago. That's fantastic. Um, I, started, I started coming regularly when I was dating Hannah. Yeah. And so that would have probably been, uh, well, from about 1992 or so. That's great. It used to be part of um, Lexington Evangelical, which is now Kingsland. Yeah, yeah. And tell us about your family. Um, so I'm married to Hannah, who's been part of um, Cochrane Baptist Church for many, many years, since she was 13. So that would be... Well, I better not say how many years I've been <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> um, I have three children, uh, Rebecca, who is 21 this year, wow. Daniel, who has recently turned 18, and Joshua, who's recently turned 16. Fabulous. So they're quite um, busy and stressed. And in the current circumstances, Dan would have been doing his A-levels, Joshua would have been doing his GCSEs. Yeah. Wonderful. And Rebecca's currently doing lots of online lectures. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Her homeschooling support is a bit harder when yes. she's doing her biochemistry degree. Yeah. But it's helped occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, um, the family are an amazing family, very, very talented in all sorts of ways. I know Dan's a brilliant uh, baker uh, and cook, isn't he? With his, and I've seen some of his work. I remember I adjudicated a competition on a Friday evening and um, I was stunned with his cakes. It was amazing. <laughs> anyway, I've given you four questions, which I'd, I'm really eager to hear what you've got to say and um, four guests for dinner. And who would these be Robin for you? Well, that's very, well, it's either a very easy question or a very hard question. Cause I think, I, I think, I'd like many more than four. And I think in the current circumstances, we'd like a full banquet. Yeah. And immediately, of course, you'd run to actually be great to have sort of share a meal with my family. Um, particularly those who I haven't yeah, been able to see very much or have a meal with for a long time. Mm. Um, and similarly, of course, there's an awful lot of friends that you just love to be able to catch up with over Absolutely. a meal. Absolutely. Yeah. Social. social. Um, but Given normal circumstances, and like the hard to reach, and again, it's sort of a tricky one. I mean, I'd really like um, to see my late father again. I mean, he's yeah. fantastic for bouncing ideas off, and he was well read and informed on current affairs and many other topics. And he's, I mean, it's part of, yeah, a lot of my background is in some respects is bouncing ideas off and hearing his opinions on things. And so, yeah, yeah I definitely miss him. Yes. I mean, when, when you thought of, um, I think it'd be, from a selfish point of view, it'd be really fun to share a meal with some with a couple like David Mitchell and Victoria Corin Mitchell. I can imagine that would be an awful lot of fun <laughs> and lots of entertaining and 
interesting conversation as well. Yeah. I also thought of past sporting heroes of my youth, and I thought of Graham Gooch, Alan Wells, and Brian Jacks are all people who I admired when I was growing up. Oh, fantastic. Which dates me somewhat, probably. But but I thought recently, well, recently I read um, Let Us Dream by Pope Francis, which is mm. not in my normal reading matter. Yes. And actually, I was sort of really impressed in terms of some of his attitudes in terms of building a sustainable future and having more balanced inclusive and compassionate economic models mm. and the like mm. so actually it's sort of so if if we could have any four people then actually i would love to have pope francis justin welby perhaps someone like joe biden and david attenborough oh, in wow. terms of being able to really thrash out a new model of how we could actually build a better sustainable future yeah yeah and I thought that'd be a fantastic debate around the table. That is probably wouldn't get much eating done. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and actually, you know, you're an educationalist. Um, and how are you seeing the curriculum change in in terms of environmentalism and ecology? Um, it's it's always been there it's probably more to the forefront and it's mm. come um sort of as a scientist sort of all the years i've been teaching then mm. yeah right from the start of teaching yeah it's very much there and in, embedded in science curriculum yes i think it's probably become more um more pervasive in the cross-curricular yes and extracurricular activities and approaches and certainly in terms of some of the debates but even when i was first teaching then mm and leading a sixth form then we used to have debates on environmental issues and yeah um i think sort of students are very aware of these issues and mm. are very finely tuned yes and it was very easy to engage them with environmental issues and sustainable issues and um used to have i can remember having a group who were sort of yeah one of the first sixth form groups in terms of extracurricular they they leadership group they took on a, a real fair trade angle oh wow and we're insisting on fair trade products being and this is what um yeah best part of well so yeah this would be at least 20 years ago so it's for students and in schools it's not new no but i think no. in, t- in terms of that and youth wanting to do things but i think therefore as that generation of course are now adults hmm and of influence is we've probably got there's a lot more um opportunity to change yes yes eventually i remember actually when i was 15 years of age just a few years ago i did a project at school on air pollution and water pollution and i remember it was it was one of the uh, few projects i do remember and being startled about just the kind of um waste that goes into the oceans and um uh just and the waste around our river systems in the uk and yeah and that's going back into the um <clears throat> late 1970s <laughs> so it's certainly a theme isn't it that <clears throat> it is around today and i that's a wonderful mix of individuals um, to have like Pope Francis, Justin Welby, Joe Biden, and David Attenborough. My goodness, that's uh, some heavy thinkers. Um, so thank you for bringing that to us. 
Um, my, my second question, um, you know, it's been a pretty rough year, traumatic year um, with the global pandemic. And, you know, in your role with the, the county education and, you, you know, you've, you've mentioned your own children being affected like many others. What have you learned about, uh, you know, uh, yourself and about how God sustained you and kept your family during these days? What, what, what would you pick out of the learning box of life from that? Um, certainly, there's, well, there's been a lot of learning. I think one of the key things um, is probably actually the need for forgiveness and particularly mm -hmm. self-forgiveness. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of people and it's very easy to um, feel guilty for not doing more. Yeah. And for, and, and people see um, people doing wonderful things. Mm. Mm. And of course, when you're doing your bit by, yeah, staying on a wooden chair or sofa for many hours, many days, many weeks on end, yeah. you feel, you can feel sort of guilty for not doing more. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where actually um, everybody's doing what they can and you need to not only, we of course know the need for heavenly forgiveness and forgiveness mm. for sins, mm. but I think there's, there's a real need to, um, people are fatigued and not necessarily to feel guilty for not being more active and doing more and achieving yes. more yes. and sort of and I think particularly for youth, I think there's a social media is a real danger. Yeah. And particularly when people see that sort of um, what is portrayed on social media is often, mm. of course, the, the idealized version of other people and holding yourself up to um, non-ideals yes. can yes. be very damaging, particularly mm. if you haven't got that sense of being able to mm. forgive yourself, if you like, and mm let things go and so I think that's it I think in terms of the pandemic certainly I think it's been one of the well it's always a joy and a privilege to be a Christian but I think having that extra if you like spiritual assurance and security is mm. it's just made makes it so much easier to deal with the pandemic as a Christian I think yes yeah because you've got that that external assurance that's fantastic, Robin. I tell you, we're in, in store for some real treats with you tonight. Um, <clears throat> thank you for that. That's really important on, on several fronts about, I think people are feeling guilty, aren't they? They're feeling um, false guilt um, where they can't quite be there for uh, relatives who are, are, are far away or they can't deliver what uh, a normal environment for family. That's profound that we... We need to forgive ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think also a key, I think a key thing is actually what everybody really realizes is um, the value of connectedness mm. Mm. and connect and sort of people, people have been connecting in different ways, but there's an awful lot of loneliness out there Yeah. and people missing friends. It's one of the big, big concerns in education is the, the rising concern of mental health. Yes. And yes. I think, Anything which can help with connectedness can counterbalance adversity and mm. negative thoughts, mm. and you can feel part of something. Yeah, and a big drive we're doing in terms of trying to actually help um, 
education build back better, if you like, as we, we're looking at um, as part of the culture as we really need compassion and kindness instead of blame and shame. Yeah. Hope yeah. instead of hopelessness. Yeah. And connection and belonging rather than disconnection. Yeah. And so well, rather than lots of summer schools in terms of catch up, we're really looking at sort of trying to get schools to um, not to do catch up, but to do sort of it's, it's the rebuild and recover mm. in terms of and sort of reconnect yeah. and help children be children Lovely. when they come back to school next week. Yes. Yeah, that's fabulous. I think in terms of kindness, certainly in the first wave of the coronavirus pandemic, there were acts of extraordinary kindness, weren't there, um, that we observed. Um, and, and then we, you know, uh, the, the, you know, killing of George, George Floyd in the States, that really changed, you know, that was a, a terrible wrong, um, but it changed the, the atmosphere, didn't it? And, um, yeah, How, I think we've so, seen the pandemics. We've seen the best and the worst of humanity. Yeah, yeah, it's really polarized. It has the selfishness of running for toilet rolls and yes, the, yeah, complete acts of selflessness. Mm. Mm. Yeah, from many others. Absolutely. Now, um, my third question: uh, a favorite text or passage from the scriptures, the Bible, and a favorite hymn or song. What have you got for us, Robin? Right. Well, that's a very difficult one, but um, and so in some respects, I've cheated because my my hymn will be a second favourite passage, if you like. <laughs> um, and so the text I've chosen is Matthew eighteen verse three. Yeah. And I truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that in links partly to one of my favourite sayings, which is "Wisdom begins in wonder." Oh, wow. From Socrates. Yes. And, and I think we need to wonder and learn. Yes. And I think that having that attitude in life, I think it's one of the things which um, attracted me to science originally. Mm. And, but, it was also, but also in terms of faith. And I think it's a matter of if we, everybody can learn and lots of people have been learning new things throughout mm. the pandemic and new ways of doing things. But I think it's one of those things where if you, if you come to the world and if you come to the Bible with curiosity, mm. you're more likely to learn and you will be fed through it. Yes. yes. And, and you get much more fulfill, fulfillment. And I think, um, and one of my sort of favorite attitudes to things is actually that we, we need to learn from the book of God's word and the book of God's works yes. in terms of looking at how, how the world around us and creation, we can all appreciate, particularly if you do manage to get outside, mm. <laughs> um, the wonder of nature. But it's also then um, as a, yeah, as a geneticist, I was always interested in the minutiae in terms of how things work. Yes. And, and so that's and it's the joy of discovery, the joy of learning. Yes. Can I ask you a question? I'm, I'm sure, you know, have some thoughts about this, about curiosity. Curiosity is a great thing, isn't it? It's what you're really saying about the wisdom begins in one wonder. How do we maintain our curiosity as we grow older? 
but that's why I think it's it's we've got to have we've got no matter how much you know you've got to have the um, the acceptance that you don't know everything and there's always more to find out mm. and you've got to not be arrogant in your knowledge and com- and overconfidence in yourself and it's a matter of therefore coming coming to the table no matter who you're talking to and interacting with that you can you can learn from them so an adult can learn from a child Mm. and from their experiences and the way they see the world Mm. as well as so it's that that spirit of curiosity and realizing that um what we see here in our current existence is just a glimpse of what's to come Mm. and it's a foretaste Mm. of what and we're just we're just given um a little sparkle here a little drip or a little glimpse there about what what the next and next phase of existence if you like yes be like that's great that's great thank you now you're him yes so i mean this this has been um a favorite for many many years and it's quite an old um song but it's from psalm 42 and it's as the deer pants for the water so, so tell us why and that's drawn you well it's 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 again it's one of those things where um certainly when i was a teenager and when sort of interested in both and that's when, when I became Christian, but also very much into to science. And a lot of people were, of course, saying that science and religion can't mix. Mm-hmm. Def- definitely they can. And I think it's one of those things where, and it's, it was actually reading something from, I've forgotten which one of his books is, it's, but it was from C.S. Lewis. Yes. And he, when he was looking into um, Psalm 42, and it just resonated because mm. it's very much as we've in terms of our senses so if we're hungry we have that sense of hunger if we need food we have a sense of hunger yeah and so yeah. we know that we need food if yeah. we're thirsty we have a sense of thirst and so we can go and find go and have a drink um and we have a god-shaped hole in our soul if you like and it needs filling and i think that's one of the so it's that it's the it's just the lovely analogy of as the deer pants for the water oh. so my soul longs after you is that We've got a God-shaped hole in our lives, and we have that longing for that that connectedness to something else yes. beyond the human realm. Yeah, and that's I think that's that's one that was always one of the when I was yeah a young, relatively young Christian that was one of the if you like sustaining mm. thoughts, mm-hmm. and so that was yeah reading that from C.S. Lewis was um, was it near Christian? I can't remember which of his books, but it was. I think it's so. reading that it definitely resonated. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I've always liked that 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 hymn. I spent a year preaching on Psalm 42 once, and uh it's a it is a, a beautiful psalm of longing and God meeting us in our need. Thank you for sharing those. Um how long you you've been a deacon uh on in your current stint you're in your second year but yes. you have been a I've deacon been. before i was yes how long have you been a deacon then at, at cbc oh to remember well um <laughs> i should be able to work it out because i i left 
after six or seven years in order to, to start Remix because mm. sort of it was agreed that actually taking that all on. And so Remix is going to be nine this April. So that would have, so I'd have first been a deacon 15 or 16 years ago. Wow. And tell us about Remix. What is Remix for those who don't know? Right, Remix. Um, basically, uh, we had an issue back in must be at about 2010 or so when we had a bit of a crisis in, in terms of um, not having enough leaders to be able to run um, Girls Brigade potentially going forward. And so as the Youth and Family Ministry focus group, as it had just started back then, um, it was really a matter of we looked at what would be possible to do for youth work. And so we, there was um, another after school activity called Fusion, which used to meet on a Friday night. No, not on a Friday night. I think that was a different night. And there was Girls Brigade. And so we decided to combine them, which is oh. hence the name Remix, which is probably now a bit old. Because <laughs> we were putting in, um, basically we said it was going to be a mix of, well, Girls Brigade, Powerhouse, and Fusion <laughs> all mixed together something new. And it was, and it was, um, so it was, yeah, decided by the church, partly because a lot of the, a lot of the families at the time, a lot of the parents had sons <laughs> or sons and daughters. Yes. And therefore, if you like sort of couples stepping forward to help run a youth group, it was going to be, in order to be able to do it, they needed to be able to bring their sons along as well as. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't going to be, so we couldn't, at the time, we couldn't effectively carry on Girls Brigade. Mm. Now, we could have done a Girls Brigade and Boys Brigade groups potentially running at the same time, but it seemed a lot easier to sort of throw it all into the melting pot. Yeah. And modelled loosely on terms of, certainly in terms of the age groups on Girls Brigade, we started Remix for, yeah, as the youth, church youth group on a Friday night. Um Friday night was popular with um, certainly the older children, partly because that's the night they didn't ever have mm. exams or homework during mm. the next day. Yes, yes. Um, also, it was popular with a lot of parents at the time because we, we took their children off them for a couple of hours on a Friday evening when they could <laughs> go and have a meal or other things. Yes. And so that's that everybody thought we were mad to giving yeah, at the end of a week to fantastic. <laughs> give up a few hours to... <laughs> and, and it's meeting on, it's meeting online currently isn't it is that right currently yes yes yeah how's that going um we haven't got we it's disappointing we haven't got the same numbers that we normally would um with the different groups but um, we've got yeah faithful attenders and they're having a lot of fun good and good. doing different things um we do a lot of quizzes and silly games a lot of the older groups being modeled on taskmaster Right. So we do lots of silly activities and arrival things. And um, <laughs> next week, they're going to be we're going to be very ambitious because they're actually going to try and bake gingerbread online. Oh wow, that's terrific! <laughs> so setting up their laptops in the kitchens. <laughs> well, we, we managed to do it a few weeks back for pancakes because we we've done pancakes every single year because we managed to do pancakes just before we closed down for. <laughs> the pandemic last year yeah and so it was and um 
so we have yeah we've we've done that online already <laughs> terrific terrific okay so my final question and you know here we've got robin who is a deacon he leads remix he's involved in the family ministry group uh, is involved in the uh, county education what kind of church do you hope uh, cbc to be in the coming years for young people and adults um i think we need to be um i'd love to see a, a real inclusive diverse and nurturing church so it welcomes um all sorts in and it's soft and it's inclusive and welcoming mm. uh, which is a strength of the church or as is but it's i think it's a um as as i said earlier in terms of the education policy it'd be lovely to see that there is a church full of hope connectedness belonging compassion and kindness mm. in terms of those those core values and what people see so that it's a, a welcoming and it's so people will come to be connected to um the church as a family as well as to god yes which yeah. is why we need that that strong pastoral nurturing attitude yeah and i think and sort of and i think has has things have developed and can develop um in recent years and go looking forward i think it would be great to have a building a, a team with the potential to have sort of a team with many talents mm-hmm. and i think it'd be great if we can be rebuild stronger reconnect with families and children in particular mm. i think we need to develop potentially new opportunities at the church um committed to supporting our families through prayer mm. everybody wanting to everyone was supporting the, the the youth and families through yeah prayer getting involved helping out um it'd be great to see if it, everybody was concerned about children young people and families and could feel that they could find a way to contribute yes um to help them um connect come to faith grow in faith mm. so it's not just the leaders and the volunteers of which we definitely need more mm. we need a lot more people to step up otherwise we'll come back to the crisis we had in 2010 yes yes <laughs> when we couldn't when we potentially might have had to stop girls brigade because we didn't have enough leaders to Mm. to follow it and there's a, mm. a risk with that with a lot of our children youth work yeah and yeah. but if but people can feel involved even if it's um i wouldn't say just through prayer because prayer is so vital and important but um people could volunteer alongside leaders help with some of the programs even if it's an occasion but even if it's just yeah if it's to stop and pray or simply just take some time to talk to a young person listen to them learn from them mm. uh, with that spirit of curiosity mm. um, so that they so that they feel connected and that they belong in the church yeah, um, yeah. that's terrific i've got a supplementary question for you so bear with me robin um i'm really curious uh how do you think uh schools are going to come back um and it you know, in terms of uh, how we learn to be together again. And I'm probably thinking beyond with the restrictions that we know now, like the two-metre ruling and the face mask covering and the fears. You know, there has been 
as you said earlier, quite an impact on mental health and children have been scared in some places. Um, and I want to ask that also in terms as a church, you know, when we can come back together, um, what's the pathway? What advice would you give to us? So how children are going to come back to school next week, how we as a church will come back. What are the building blocks for that, do you think? Um, it's a good question because I think, um, I think it's a really good question because I think in both church and in schools, um, there will be a lot who will thrive as soon as they come back mm -hmm. and will make the most of the opportunity trips. Mm. And the concern is that there will be a lot of people potentially on the fringe who are less certain, more worried, more anxious, um, who may have lost friends and feel lonely. And mm. I think in some respects, we really all need to look out for that and be aware of it because people may be suffering from loneliness now in lockdown. Mm. What would probably be more damaging for mental health are those who are suffering loneliness in a crowd. Mm. Yeah. So those who are on the fringe of the church, on the fringe of schools, who mm. are not being welcomed and not really and not able to connect. Mm. And in, we need to reach out to them in a empathic and kind way. Mm. So it's not necessarily going to be um, rash and overly exuberant, mm. although for that that would help. But it's the it's it's the little things, yeah. And it's the bringing them into conversations, bringing them into groups, listening to them, and gradually drawing them out, but drawing. Them Sorry, Robin, we're just losing you a tab, but what you were... We need to be aware of those, those individuals who might be on the front. Yes. So just to sum up what you just said there in terms of drawing people into conversations, looking out for those church. on the edge. So we, we thank Robin for being with us. Um, he's got this compelling vision of a very welcoming, diverse, inclusive church, a church full of hope, full of kindness, full of connectedness between God and one another. We just uh, give thanks, Robin, for all that you do and all that you serve in CBC. Thank you so much.